Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How to Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Amanda Henry, who is Sales Enablement Training Facilitator at Google, Melanin Millennial Women in Tech Advocate and founder of Lady Boss Finance. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Hi, Layla. How are you? That was an incredible intro, I got to tell you. Thank you so much. You're just so amazing. I had to include all of your titles. <laughs> I appreciate it. Work hard for those, right, ladies? Exactly. But I guess we can start with a quick introduction about who you are and then answer the question of the podcast, which is how did you do it and why should I care? I love it. I love it. So one, thank you all for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and really just share my story. Um, so I consider myself a trailblazer, if that makes sense. I am the oldest of three, the only girl. So I meet all of those older sister um, first, young born, you know, all those stereotypes. And for me, I'm also first gen everything. So first gen to go to college, first gen to be in this corporate workspace, and now even first gen wealth builder. And so that's really what my story is all about is how does one kind of navigate a path that hasn't been kind of given for them, like not having the blueprint and figuring out just how to make your dreams come true. And that sounds so cliche, but I really do believe that with a high level of self-awareness of just knowing your own strengths, being honest with yourself about where you want to be, maybe any gaps you have, um, that you can get and achieve anything you want out of life. So I was born and raised in Buffalo, New York, um, went to a public school where I got exposed to like AP and IB courses. And I was like the share that I had a middle school life crisis. So I was trying to figure out like what I want to be when I grow up. And I met with a guidance counselor who sat me down and said, here, take one of these personality profile kind of quizzes. And it led me into marketing. And so from then on, we crafted like my high school transcript, what I should go after, what classes I should take. Ended up getting into UPenn's Wharton Business School for undergrad. And I was just full blown focused on any and all marketing experiences I can get my hands on. So I worked for the Daily Pennsylvania, which is like the newspaper. Um, I worked for like some local kind of youth run like startup just to learn how to run like a marketing department and different internships in between. Um, and landed at Verizon. So that was my first kind of big girl job um, in the consumer insights kind of realm of things. And I got exposure to just what it meant to be a woman, a woman of color, a young woman of color. I would say a, like a triple threat, but also like a triple <laughs> curse because it was hard to be in that environment yeah. with those attributes because everybody there was like twice my age, um, white male with like kids. So I felt very out of place, but I learned how to navigate that really challenging but uplifting at the same time environment. Um, and it ultimately then led me to Google just for my diversity of experiences. Um, so when I got to Google, I actually entered in, into a sales role in Newsflash. I'm not interested in sales. Sales is not my forte, but I did know enough about myself and my ability to build relationships that allowed me to actually excel in that role. And one of the things that I love about Google is it's a company that, you know, they hire you to do a certain job. They give you the freedom and the flexibility um, to go and explore your other passions. And so while I was doing my sales role, I actually had the opportunity to run different mentorship sessions um, to actually develop professional development kind of curriculums and things of that nature, which ultimately helped me uncover my passion for just empowerment. Um, and so as Layla mentioned, I am like this black woman empowerment kind of force to be reckoned with. I love to coach. I love to mentor and give back, which ultimately landed me in my role now as a sales and enablement training facilitator. I get to literally lead classes and events um, to help train new Googlers, new Googlers coming into the, to the sales org. Um, I, new yeah, you got to clarify. Googlers, they are new Googlers to the company. Um, and I get to basically help 
help empower them and impart in them the knowledge and skill sets that they'll need to set a good foundation for really equal access to success mm-hmm. at the company. Obviously, once you're out of onboarding, you know, your career is in your own hands. Um, but I love that I'm like the first face they get to see to help share our values and, and give them a good footing. And so why should you care? I think I'm a living, breathing example of what it means to just go after what you want in life and not really settle. Um, for the most part, I think I settle when it comes to my fashion sense, but that's for a different podcast. Um, but really from a career perspective of just like making things happen and playing the cards you've been dealt to the best of your abilities, and then to take what you've accomplished and the things you've learned and experienced, and then pass that back, which is where Lady Boss Finance comes in. It's where I share my career gems and also my money gems because- For those of us who are first gen and maybe get a good college education, even get a decent paying job, you now have the opportunity to change your family tree, your family's trajectory from a wealth perspective to leave an actual legacy. Um, And unfortunately, not all of us actually get those tools until it's later on and you just lose um, time. So that's my story. That's awesome. And you mentioned, obviously, that, you know, this kind of spurred from high school where you had that great um, counselor who really helped you craft your marketing standpoint but I guess my next question would be what were other great resources that helped you along your career journey oh my gosh so I think it is so important and I preach this you need a a board of directors and you don't really know what that term is until you're more established in your career but it's basically your tribe it's your support system of folks who see something and who who care enough about you to then invest their time and, and and efforts into your growth and so one it's it's mentors or I think of like my aunties and uncles um, and so when I joined Verizon again I'm I'm like this young what was I like 22 years old um, but I had folks who looked like me who actually stepped in and like reached out and said, hey, we see you're new here. Let's grab lunch. Let's grab coffee. Let's connect. And from those intentional conversations, I got to then be taken under their wing to help me realize, okay, this is how you time manage your calendar. Um, This is how you stakeholder manage speaking to people who are, you know, your senior in terms of being a director, even a VP. And so having mentors who are invested in your success and just who truly care about you as a person is so key. Um, at the same token, you need kind of your, your work besties, your peers who are in the same stage of professional life as you, who you can lean on to kind of laugh and cry about the different things you're going through, yeah. um, who don't judge you because they're going through it with you and you need that tribe. Um, and the last one I'll highlight is, is sponsors, right? And so as you want to grow and develop your career, you need folks who are quite a few years down the line who have the power and and the authority to make some things happen, right? The promotions happen in rooms that we're not allowed in. And so you need people who actually are in power and have that influence to know you, know your story, to know your contributions and be willing to actually put themselves on the line to speak on your behalf. And so the sponsors, your mentors, and then your peers, those are at least three of those, those key folks. Awesome. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Your network is just so important. But for the folks who are listening, I guess um, a question that could be on their minds is how do you forge that mentorship relationship and how do you even turn it into a sponsorship relationship? Oh, my gosh. I would make a million dollars. So I'd have that right now. <laughs> it is it is such the million dollar question that I think every professional of all ages and stages goes through. This this is my kind of couple tea to it. So one is um, performing your table stakes. So whatever job you were hired to do, doing that at a level of excellence. And I want to differentiate. I don't mean perfection. Excellence meaning 
what does success look like based off of the definition that your manager has defined for you? And then how do you do that and exceed it? Put a little glitter on top of there. Now, once you're doing that, you're doing that consistently. The next step is mapping out, you know, who those sponsors potentially would be, who those mentors should be. So think about either your manager's peers, you know, folks that are a little senior to you and have additional influence. How do you get in front of them um, and a consistent cadence, right? So is it a quarterly check-in versus a monthly check-in, depending on who they are? And when you enter those conversations, obviously your first one is more casual. It's a, hey, how are you? Let's talk about, let's share each other's stories and we learn about your journey and maybe one specific kind of business party question. Because what you want to do is see them as the human that they are. Like, yes, they may be a VP or even a director, but you're a human at the end of the day. So let's connect human to human. Yeah. We're in a business. What's one thing that's top of mind for you? And try to understand your landscape. And then from there, you're figuring out how does the work that you're doing align to the larger business priorities that they care about? And if there is no connection just because of where you're at, that's fine. This is where building those consistent relationships comes into play to understand, well, what projects do they have coming down the line? Is there anything that you can tap into and get in on? And then from there, now that you're working on something that they care about, well, not your responsibility to follow up. That's the big piece is following up. It's not enough just to get in front of them one time and say, hey, I'm Amanda and I launched this big project and it drove X million dollars in incremental you know, impact. It's like, oh, and you gave me some advice about that um, a month ago. I wanted to come back and let you know how that panned out. Now you're staying top of mind. Now they're seeing the great work you're doing consistently and over time, and, and it is going to take time, They're gonna, you're going to find out that they're an advocate for you probably without them even telling you, right? You're going to hear somebody else, like I was in a meeting with director so-and-so and and they mentioned this great project that you've worked on. And that's how you know that you've kind of transitioned from just a general casual networking relationship to them being a sponsor. But it Mm. takes time and it takes showing up consistently and and controlling that narrative. Definitely. Well, thank you for that. And that's a great piece of advice for our listeners out there who are starting off in their career or even progressing through their career. Yeah. Awesome. So um, it seems like you also spoke to a lot of people before starting work and, you know, you had that exposure to your network and lots of different points of view. But I guess, were there any lessons that you wish you would have known before starting in your industry? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, there's one myth I love to dispel. So I am in tech um, and I'm a proud woman in tech. And it's mm. not a lot of us, especially I know, Layla, yourself, you're studying engineering and kudos to you because when you think about bringing the tech, you automatically think like engineering or computer science and, and those traditional STEM formats. And that is a great way to get your foot in the door. So kudos to the work that you're doing as well. It's going to pay off. Triple promise you on that. Thank you. <laughs> um, but for those of us like myself who are not as um, well-versed in the engineering world. And, you know, I I would wish I could learn it, but it's just not my forte. I was surprised to know that I could actually enter tech in a non-technical way. So there are so many roles from even being as as simply um, in the administrative piece, right? Somebody has to help keep these VPs and directors organized. You can actually get an administrative role and still benefit from the tech, you know, compensation and benefits. Um, Another big one is being a a product manager, which is a little bit technical, but it's more so about managing, um, you know, time management and calendar management and managing the project's life cycle from launch, you know, in. Um, and then even in myself, I'm a trainer. So you need folks who actually onboard and help the new employees that join the business. And so there are more opportunities in the tech field outside of just tech. Mm. Um, now, if you are a, a minority, a person of color, a woman, that does open up more opportunities because they need our presence there and it's not there right now. And so if you do fit in the, those backgrounds, Definitely show up strong if you have that technical background. This is the time to really shine. Um, But if you don't have the technical capabilities, that's okay too. There are non-technical roles. 
And lastly, if you don't want to commit to maybe a full like four-year program, there are so many boot camps out there that are like maybe even six to nine month programs, more affordable, and you can still land these coveted six-figure jobs in these tech companies. So basically there's the access is just more open than it's ever been. Yeah, for sure. That's great advice. It's not just about software engineering, for sure. Yeah. But kudos if you can do it, because that's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And um, I guess you obviously quite seasoned in your profession now. What looking back over your career, what would you say was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Whoo, that's that's always a a deep question. Um, But I don't mind sharing about that. So one of my biggest failures or like the one regret I wish I would have done differently is making sure to always like say thank you. And, and checking in more consistently, right? And so I had an internship early in my career and I had a phenomenal manager during that experience. I learned so much. And to this day, I consider her like the best mentor I ever had, even though we're not like in touch on a very frequent basis, but just the lessons I learned from being under her wing for that three-month internship was just incredible. Um, and I made the mistake of not exiting as strongly as I'd entered. And that's like the biggest key that you want to take here is when you're transitioning to your career, you you never want to leave just because like you're ready to go to that next thing. You want to make sure that you cross the T's and dot the I's and just have a positive um, taste in their mouth when you leave. Mm -hmm. Um, So long story short, in this scenario, the internship had ended, but I wanted to kind of finish up my project and make it even a little bit better. And so I actually came back to Penn um, and I was working on my project with the intention to go back in person um, to actually deliver my final deliverable and close the deal. Now, a little bit of backstory here. I had actually did all of my goodbyes to everyone else I interacted with. I wrote the cards, you know, what you're supposed to do and say your thank yous. But for my manager, my intention was to like a big grand thing for her because she was just so incredible. Mm. Um, But I get back to college. I forgot where I was going to school and I just got sucked into so many of my extracurriculars. Like I was on a dance team, I was working and I basically never made it back to do that handwritten like card and big thing that I wanted to do. It it all got handled over email. Um, And so that was my biggest lesson to me because she was just such an incredible manager and she just deserved more. Like she deserved the same thing that I gave to her peers. Um, And so I realized that, you know, you just need to get it done and do it when you have like the mindset to do it. And if you want to go beyond, you can always follow up later and even give even more gratitude, but make sure you always give that gratitude in the moment um, with the intention that you want to, because you never know where folks are going to end up. Things work so full circle and great people know and stay connected to great people. and she was just such an incredible manager. I mean, I learned so much. Like, I wish I could have done the big thank you that she really deserved because she's so incredible. Mm, no, definitely. I, I understand your intention was completely there. But again, life just moves so quickly, especially when you're in college. So it's easy to, you know, let it slip. Or yeah. Execution. Like, it's it's great. It's great to have great intentions, but your ability to execute is what's going to differentiate you as you move up the, the chain. So it was a tough lesson to learn, but I'm glad I learned it early on so I could be better going forward. Definitely. And I'm sure you're obviously very busy with your multiple roles at the moment, but what have you read or listened to recently that's really inspired you? What have I gotten to recently that has inspired me? Ah, well, this is one that I haven't really publicly announced um, outside of Twitter. So I'm actually a part of OnDeck's Course Creator Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and essentially, they OnDeck is a company, it's like a very innovative startup that's bringing together top tech talent and basically empowers us to kind of dive deep into whatever passion areas that we have through an extensive fellowship that lasts roughly two months. So I'm part of the Course Creators one um, in relationship to Lady Boss Finance. I've always had it in me 
to want to share my knowledge in terms of how to navigate the workplace, the politics, how to get promoted, like the things that just if you're a first gen college student or an early career professional, you just don't get. And it's hard to get the real 411 on how to navigate and be successful. Um, and then again, once you even navigate those waters, how do you then take your finances and actually utilize it to build wealth? And so I've always had this course in my mind, kind of like an adulting one-on-one piece. And it took me enrolling in this, um, this fellowship to really understand all the nuances that goes into creating courses. And I'm sure you've seen on social media as well. People drop courses all the time. Mm-hmm. When it comes to me and my brand, and again, from that first lesson, I want to make sure everything lines up at a level of excellence. So this course has been so transformational to shout out to Andrew, um, who is our Andrew Brazuto, who is the, the leader of that course. We're learning everything from how to create your curriculum to designing a student first focused experience um, to even just when you outsource and onboard folks to scale it out. And so it's been transformational and it's also directly aligned to my day-to-day job. Um, so I'm learning even from like, how's the external worldview trainings? And then how do we bring that in in-house? Um, so that's been so exciting. And I look forward to hopefully launching my course <laughs> sometime in August, but I have no problem, you know, postponing it to make sure it's done right. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And you mentioned that you obviously have had so many amazing people in your life through whether they be mentors or sponsors, but who are three people who've been the most influential to you? And I'm sorry, I only has to be three. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, three. <laughs> you want me to name drop, Leila? I see how this is. Okay. Um, well, the obvious number one answer, I hope my dad doesn't get mad. I'm going to go with mommy, of course. So I am my mother's daughter and um she inspires me so much just from the sacrifices that she made to allow me to be where I'm at. And like one that I'll share is she didn't work for like my first year of life. So she could like teach me my ABCs and my one, two, threes and stuff. So probably why I'm so book smart, but she got to do that with me and not my younger brothers. And, you know, I'm the smart one. So we saw the impacts of that, (laughs) but um, she's just always encouraging and so loving and she allows me to be me, even if she doesn't agree with certain approaches. And to have that level of of love surrounded by you, which is just not normal in everyday families, unfortunately, um, definitely just allows me to be me. And so one just got to shout out mommy for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two people, so I will say one is, is that manager from that internship. Like I said, from a professional standpoint, she taught me everything from like how to create a PowerPoint presentation. And I mean, one that stands alone on its own, where if you take out a slide, you can still tell the story. And you think oh, that's really? common knowledge? No, like there is levels to a good presentation to even just how to show up strong as a black woman in corporate and in leadership um, to basically having everything ready to go, like developing a strong work ethic. Like to this day, her lessons literally set the foundation for how I show up as a professional. Um, So I always give her 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 flowers in that respect when I have opportunities like this. And then the third person. Oh, this is hard because I know I'm going to be leaving out some people. (laughs) Oh man, I'm going to have to collectively um, shout out my aunties and uncles back yeah. at Verizon. Um, yeah. There's so many of them and it'd be hard to highlight just one, but collectively they showed me what it's like to just show up and be yourselves. Like they were all so different, but they walked in their truth in this corporate place that just wasn't really set up for us to succeed. Um, and they supported me during those times and helped kind of, again, just mentor and guide me. And so I, I can call some people, um, <laughs> Angie and Angela. There were two of them, Edward, Nikki. I have to send this to them so they can see it. Yeah. Um, Sue. Oh my gosh, Bill. 
like who are these people? But basically like just so many great folks that are, you know, Gen X to me, but just took the time to invest in me and my well-being in, in many different ways. So thank you all. Oh, so lovely. And then finally to sort of wrap up our conversation, what is one piece of advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point in your life? Oh, at any point. Hmm. This is this is a tricky one because I think it depends on what point in life we look at. If I'm looking at my past self, then I would definitely tell them that it's all going to be worth it and to just keep going forward and stay true to who you are. Um, if I got more into the weeds on like what my journey was like growing up in terms of just being so focused on academics and not being the coolest kid in, in the bunch, like... I remember, what was this, like fifth, sixth grade, having a fight for like a seat at the lunch table. Not literally fight, but it was just like, whoever got their lunch first got to sit with the cool girls that day. And after a while, I was just like, this isn't even worth it for what? So I'd actually eat lunch like in the library. And it was during those times where I got to learn more about, you know, just reading different books or Mm -hmm. marketing, like just what is college like when I grow up? Like all those types of things. Um, But it's hard when you're a kid and you you just want to fit in. You want to be popular. You want to, you don't want to stand out and be like the odd kid. But I've realized now that I'm always going to be that. I'm just me. I am a unicorn and I've accepted that. And it's okay. We all have unique gifts that we were brought into this world to share with others. And when we try to dim our light to feel safe around others, like that's not, that's not why we were brought here. Like I was brought here to be me. And to that point, the advice I then give my current self and going forward is just like, girl, you're awesome. So just keep walking in your truth. Keep giving back. Like don't settle because of other people around you. You stay focused on what matters to you. And that's where your happiness is going to come out of. And that's been the biggest learning for me, honestly, in the last three years, especially with COVID and just having time to reflect. It's like, you're here and this is where you've been trying to get to. It's now time for you to enjoy and just continue to be yourself because being you is what got you here and it's going to get you to where you want to go next. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Amanda. It was so lovely hearing your story and you gave some great pieces of advice, which I hope our listeners definitely take on. Thank you so much for having me. This was incredible. And if anybody wants to connect um, on LinkedIn, I'm Amanda Henry. And then across all social media channels at Lady Boss Finance would love to connect. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.